All right, we are here live with the Sophisticated Professional Podcast, and I am super excited to be joined by my colleagues, Lydia and Ashley, and we are in downtown Anderson in South Carolina at Indigo Custom Framing and Artisan Market, and we have the privilege of speaking to their owner, Melissa Fabri who is absolutely fabulous. How are you doing today, Melissa? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, absolutely awesome. How are we doing, Ashley? Doing good. It's a good and, day. And how are we doing, Lydia? Amazing. You know, so one of the things that's a joy about doing these podcasts is we have the ability to speak to young entrepreneurs who have a vision, who have a dream, and who are actually living it out. Because it's one thing to actually think about something, but to actually make that into a reality, that's something special, don't you think, Melissa? Absolutely. And so we are really excited to learn more about you, learn about your business, and really just learn about your story. So, you know, you have this fantastic business, and I walked into the listeners. I walked in today for the very first time, and let me tell you, it is absolutely quaint. It is absolutely fantastic. If you are ever in South Carolina and the upstate and the Anderson area, you definitely have to check it out. So, Melissa, tell me, what exactly is Indigo Custom Framing? Like, tell me about this business. Well, sure. Well, luckily, in the name, we're, um, we're a custom framing business. So, we specialize in framing anything from diplomas to uh, relics to photos to art. And with an art background that I have, I'm obsessed with artisans, and I love the creative culture. So, we also offer a lot of unique gifts Um a lot of handmade finds, and then we also feature local artisans because I think there's a power in community and a power when we get to work together and kind of know the hands that make the things that we surround ourselves with. Um, and then we also have a space downstairs where we offer workshops where um, it's a co-creative workspace, so you can pay a membership fee to kind of join the family and uh, just get a place to work and an opportunity to just kind of vibe on each other. That's interesting, and it sounds yeah. like you have a number of things going on over here. So, you know, when we're thinking about this unique concept that you have, and maybe a couple of concepts that you have, where exactly did you get the idea for this business? Like, where did this come from? Yeah, well, luckily, I get to kind of be in the space that I worked at before. Um, before it was Indigo, it was Gallery 313, and the owners, Mike and Terry, decided to retire and um, I've been working here as a custom frame shop, very similar to how I have mine set up uh, with artists and gifts. And so that concept has kind of been the core as which I've kind of expanded upon um, my own business. But kind of to further that, to kind of switch the look and the vibe into something that's more personal to me. And also kind of try to open up the entire space instead of just our front gallery and kind of make this whole a home I think one of my spiritual gifts is to be able to build home and to create home and so I, ha I can't help but do that everywhere I go and so um, it's funny my boyfriend made fun of me for kind of decorating our back room space before I even had any gifts he's like why in the world would you like decorate a back room space that nobody sees uh, before you even have any retail at all and for me it was really important to kind of build a heart feel a place to land and feel at home before I was able to open my doors to let anyone else kind of be a part of that. Um, so that's kind of the, the kind of that direction that I'm trying to go towards. That's really fascinating. And 
You know, it's it's interesting because, in, and I said this briefly before, it's one thing to actually have an idea for a business or to have an idea of a concept. But to actually turn that into a business in a profit center, that's a unique skill to have. And I know that we have a lot of listeners who are actually thinking about either starting their own business or maybe they have the business. And one of the main challenges, you know, like how do I make sure that my product is something that consumers are going to buy and they're actually going to buy at a price that I can afford to sell it to them for? So is that something you can talk about? Because you've got so many unique products in the front and you yeah. really round, um, well-rounded with the diversity of stuff that you provide. So how did you know that the stuff you were going to carry, that number one, like customers were definitely going to buy them, mm -hmm. and they were going to buy them at a price where you could actually turn this into a viable business? Uh, that's such a great question. If I had the magic formula to figure out what people buy, like I would be a millionaire. Um, that is something I'm still trying to learn and to figure out. Um, you know, people change and, and culture changes and trends tend to change. Um, what I've noticed is that people value the story behind it and value um, the hands that make it. And if they can put a face to the product, you're going to sell it so much better. Um, and I'm very much a people person. So if you don't have the ability to kind of put your face out there and for them to like you and to be kind and um, to make a friend, it, it becomes more of a challenge because now you have Amazon. You, have, you can buy anything online that you want to you don't need anything that I have in our space. There's nothing nece necessary. It's all more of a privilege. And so, yeah, I, that's, that's a really, it's a great question. And, and you know, I'm just going to jump upon that really quick because it, I think it's fascinating what you said. If you put a face between the product, you know, that's an interesting concept that you yeah. don't hear too often, do you? Yeah. And, you know, um, I know I'm going off course a little bit, but like, how do you do that? Like, how do you actually tell your story where you actually put a face of um, either one of your products or maybe an artist that you work with? Like, how do you put that face in front of the product? Um, yeah. So, well, one, you have to be able to approach someone and not try to sell something to them. Okay. They have to get to know you first so that they can trust you. And whenever you get to talk about, when I get to talk about any of my artists, I know them as a personal friend. And so I get to talk about my relationship with them and how wonderful they are and um, how much they've meant to me. And that resonates because they trust me and they, they know me. So they trust what I say about the other artist. And that gives it a, some legitimacy. Also, when it comes to custom framing, you know, I, um, I'm not afraid to kind of put myself out there on social media. Um, I think it's I think it's very important for people to see who I am when it comes to like taking your grandmother's, you know, hand laced wedding dress, like giving that to someone that they don't know. That's terrifying. Um, so they need to see your face. They need to see who you are. They can trust you and what goes on behind the scenes. That's always fun, right? So you've been in business since March. Can you tell me a little bit about your first months of business? Oh, it's a lot of crying um, and no sleeping. And any entrepreneur will probably say the exact same thing. Um, I started um, February. The last day of February was Gallery 3's last day. March 1st was my very first day as Indigo, um, which happened to fall on. Anderson does our first Friday. So every first Friday of the month, we stay up and late. We do some sort of beverage and food. And it's a great opportunity to come out. 
which we have every Friday. So y'all can every Friday, first Friday of the month. Um, so y'all should always come out. It's always a great time downtown. But I have an empty gallery with nothing um, my very first day. So it was it was a great way to open the space up. We had a huge party. We had little things for people to paint. And that was a great opportunity to launch our new brand. And I actually gave myself um, kind of some goals and some timelines so that people weren't expecting everything all at once. Um, I couldn't be everything to everybody all at the same time. And I needed the forgiveness in the space to be able to do that. So for two months, I didn't have any product. I didn't have anything in there, but I was able to talk to you. And I had, I was kind of had the grace to kind of lean into this, into this space. So I kind of, I had a really strict schedule and all the way up until about the end of August was kind of our final stage to kind of get everything going because Christmas is coming. Um, so I had to be prepared for that. Um, so th- I guess that's kind of my first few months was an empty gallery trying to kind of make plans. And then um, one day at a time. So, you know, you said something that I really appreciate. And you said, I can't be all things to all people. And to be honest with you, I think that that's really a common mistake that uh, entrepreneurs and young professionals have quite often. Yeah. Um, and I really think it's fascinating that you said, hey, you set timelines. You set expectations. So the consumer yeah. knew what to expect. Yeah. Building off that, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges that um, entrepreneurs have is getting that first batch of clients. You know, getting that first group of people to come in and start making uh, sales with you. Can you speak about that for a little bit? So the doors open, yeah. you're starting to get product in. How did you get that first group of people in? Sure. Well, I am in a very unique place where. I didn't have to leave. And my face has always been, for the past five years, a part of Gallery 313, a part of this space. So a lot of the customers that we have have been my customers since before. But to be able to get those first customers in the doors, we did a lot of social media kind of blasting that brand so that people can like just be obnoxious about Indigo, Indigo, Indigo. Um, to, re- to reframe that name, reframing because we're re- we're framers, um, and I think to get someone in the doors, I think it surprises them when they see that we're a custom frame shop, and I think every single person that never knew is reminded, oh, I have that thing that's curled up under my bed that's been sitting there for three months. I need to bring that, um, and to follow up on that, try to like take initiative to know who they are, know their name next time they're in, talk about it, um, and that means a lot to to anyone that walks in. And I think you did you did get something uh, pretty interesting because you talked about you know knowing who they are and understanding what different projects they might have. And so the next question that I have is, how do you get that repeat business? You know, what else are some things that you guys do that? Hey, listen, someone came in, they're just walking down the street, they didn't know you existed. You get a cool uh, storefront, so they walked in, they made a purchase. Or anyone, even on this first Friday, like, what do you guys do to get people to to continue to come back to you? Mm, Sure. Um, Not every day people bring in their framing. That's not something you commonly do. That's kind of a big splurge. And it's a really big privilege to get to come in to do that. So I do understand that it doesn't happen very often when someone gets something framed. But what I've found 
is that when they finally realize the value of framing, they see something that they've, they've never seen before and elevated to a level that it, it, it looks so much better and how it should feel. It gets them excited and um, it's very inspiring and it means something to them. It, it makes a huge impact. So it kind of, it's almost like a drug. I, I don't, I mean, in a great way is that once you get one thing framed, it's like, oh, but I have this other thing. And so I'm hoping that I kind of create this culture of uh, one artisan, like there's a craft and there's an art form to getting something framed and framed beautifully. That's going to last forever. Um, but also kind of this culture of kind of bringing out all of your art, like, um, instead of just buying kind of cheesy, the same old, you know, manufactured stuff you can find anywhere. I love that so much. Um, so as we talked about, a lot of our readers are thinking about starting a business, and you've talked about this a little bit, but what are some of the realities of working in the business and starting your own business that people don't see, like kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff that you might want to talk about? Um, well, you have to wear every single hat. And I think that's something I've never, I kind of knew, but I had no understanding of what that meant is to be, like I said, you can't be everything to everybody, but you have to do everything and you have to be able to kind of, um, wear all the hats and that can be really, really challenging. The thing, um, I've tried to do a lot is to really understand my strengths and understand my weakness and kind of make sure that the people that I'm surrounded by will help me in my weaknesses and that I can focus more on my strengths um, because there's a difference in trying to build up all the things that I'm weaker at and kind of get a little bit better versus taking what I'm really good at and running with it because I can be a lot more successful and find people in my life that are way more successful at things that I'm weaker at and just acknowledge that and that's okay because I can't do everything. I got an accountant like very first day because I, you do not want me to be behind the scenes making sure I crunch all the numbers correctly. Um, so I think to understand your, your strengths and your weaknesses is really important. Um, and to be able to just learn to micromanage, not micromanage, but to be able to manage all the things all at the same time. You just have to be able to multi-process all the time. Yeah, totally. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure that's really challenging. Um so what are the top two or three things that you've had to sacrifice in this whole behind the scenes wearing multiple hats kind of thing? Um, I have gotten, well, the sad thing is I don't get to spend as much time with um, my Bobby. And so that's kind of, I know I've been not being able to sleep anymore, that kind of thing. Um, I've, I've definitely had to sacrifice some of my time with, with my friends um, which they've been really understanding and, you know, it's a very forgiving place. I've had to sacrifice, um, unfortunately I've had to sacrifice kind of taking care of myself, which is not healthy. And, um, that's not something I would recommend any entrepreneurs, but it tends to kind of overwhelm your life. So other things that like eating healthy and kind of taking care of yourself kind of gets, um, a little bit lost. And w which is not something I recommend uh, anybody doing. But the first six months is kind of like you just had a baby and there's no sleeping anymore. And there's nothing but this business. That's my child. So that's kind of what I've had to sacrifice. It's, it's kind of my life. Um, but in a beautiful, beautiful way. It's a beautiful baby. 
So operating a business obviously can get very competitive, right? And I know that we have a, a lot of listeners that had, hey, listen, you know what? Like I took that first step. I made that sacrifice. I did everything right. I'm trying to do everything I can to satisfy my customers, and I'm giving it my all. But they hit a plateau, and they just can't get over that hump, and they just can't get things to click. For that person that's out there that really has taken that risk and jumped into and started that business, but mm -hmm. they just can't get that business to kick off, do you have any advice for them? What would you say to that person? Okay. Um, this sounds silly, but kindness is very important. Um, I know that sounds like a really weird way to finish. There's two things I would say. If you have a bad attitude about your business and you're disappointed and you're, you are kind of grieved by it and you present that to your customers, they're going to feel the same way. I think no matter what the situation is, if you present yourself with joy and with kindness, it'll come back to you. Just like if you're kind of stressed out, that'll come back to you. Um, so I think you've got to be able to, when you face your customers, I don't care what's going on. I don't like, this is a terrible, I shouldn't even give this as an analogy, but like if you overdrafted your account and you like desperately need to go to the bank, a customer comes in, that is not, a, it, it's important. It really is important, but like it's not as important as making sure that your customer knows that they are welcomed and that they are loved, um, and that they're appreciated. I find that very valuable in myself, just trying to maintain relationship because you, if you have a good relationship with your customers, your advertising becomes a lot easier because they get to be your advocates um, and they get to do all your advertising for you. So don't ever like disregard a good attitude. And um, then the second thing is kind of related, but whenever you get to work with other people, when you can collaborate it builds your business so much more. And that's something I'm trying to learn now is to where I can take my business, who I am, and work with other people, bring them into the family, use their their people, their world to kind of multiply. Because when you get to do that, you really multiply more than you realize. So that's some advice I would give. You know, that's really interesting. You actually put some two really good points, to be honest with you. Because I know for myself, I can think of many occasions where I walk into an establishment I just bought something because I like the people there. Like yeah. they, they were very sweet. They were generous. They were cool people to talk to. You had a nice conversation. You, I just bought something because of the people there. And I can think of a lot of times where I went to a place where I needed a product and I needed to buy mm -hmm. something, and I didn't because, you know, they were grumpy. They were annoying or aggravating yeah. or something. You just didn't want to do business with them. Right. right. And you never know. Like, that person might have going through a lot, like, that day, like, you know, they've got a really bad phone call. They had a wreck or something. Like, I understand the stress of owning a business. But if you push that onto your customers, there's, you're not doing yourself any favors. That's awesome. And I also really like the second point you put about, like, um, the partnerships. Because I think, you know, sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, right, even a young entrepreneur, you think you got to do everything yourself. You think it's all on your back. you got to handle everything. Especially because we're dreamers. <laughs> we are all in our heads of all the things we can do. Yes. Yeah. And the fact of partnering up with other people that might be able to help you reach a goal and you likewise helping them to reach a goal, sure. that's fascinating as well. Sure. I'll let you know how it goes. I'm working on it. Yes. Definitely let us know. So we've heard a lot about your business. We've heard a lot about all the great things you're doing over here. Let's talk about you in general. So let's talk about your story. 
Who exactly is Melissa outside of Indigo? Oh, I have a pretty cool story. Um, I grew up in Lexington, South Carolina, which is is still like near Columbia. Um, woohoo! And went to school, a little private Christian college in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas, called Harding University. And in the meantime, I um, I was obsessed with Italy because let's be real, who isn't? Um, and my goal was to live there. And I, th- who? What part would you live? Florence, of course. Okay. <laughs> There's no questions. But um, just kidding. Um, What's your favorite Italian food? Uh, carbonara. Yeah, so good. But um, <laughs> I, you know, who dreams? I have, I have big dreams, and I thought like if I could come up with the biggest dream in my whole life, it'd be to live in Italy. Well, I got the opportunity to do mission work over there and spent two years of my life after college in Italy. So I realized that my dreams for myself were too small. And so I was like, okay, cool, cool. So I'm in Italy living, like living the dream in Florence, actually. I got to live there for a couple of years and did mission work and really got the opportunity to fall in love you with Jesus. Un poquito, pero oh, I've been. <laughs> Depende de mucho poco, no paro. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Okay, well, that's a mamma Okay, so, oh, that's so embarrassing. I don't, I, my Italian is, like, so bad at this point. Um, anyways, so when I moved back here, I thought, when I, when I moved to Italy, I thought I'd have my whole life figured out. I would give myself two years to figure out my whole life, and I didn't, of course. So I moved back and had a major panic attack and lived with my sister downtown, tried, like, every single job, like, no one was hiring, and, um, so one day I randomly came into Gallery 313 and Terry and Mike um, brought me in. They're like, oh, we can't really offer you a real job, but you can work part time while you're trying to find a real one. And like that relationship grew into a part time job, grew into a full time job. Then I ended up managing the space and um, I had the opportunity to leave Anderson because that's really all I cared about was like, I didn't want to stay in Anderson. I just wanted to leave. As soon as I moved here, I was very bitter towards that and um had the opportunity to leave god was like okay if this is what you want here it is but you can also stay and have a like really cool adventure and i had no idea what that meant and every time i try to interpret what that big adventure is god has more of the story to reveal which is really cool um and so i decided to stay and really invested when i took that leap to stay in anderson was when i finally decided to commit and actually build roots because before I was very passive and just kind of didn't want to make deep relationships, didn't want to actually commit to anything. And so once I started digging roots in here, I, f- I fell in love with Anderson and wanted to invest in its place. And so now like, it all comes full circle. Not only do I live downtown and invest my like entire life, I, I work and actually get to pour into Anderson too. Um, I love this community very much and I, I'd love to see it grow and be restored in a lot of different ways. So now, when you obviously there's a lot of hours you're gonna put into being an entrepreneur, and it's it's very very challenging. So, what's your inspiration? Like, what motivates you to get up every day? What 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 inspires you to overcome all those challenges you face? Oh man, um, honestly, my my relationships do like I'm such a relationship person. I I love people. They um they kind of motivate me. I. And because I get to do what I, I love to do is who gets to do that. So I I have no quorum getting up in the morning and, and grinding it and grinding it and learning. Um, 
because it's it's such a cool privilege. I would be very, very, um, what's the right word? Um, ungrateful and just kind of a, a terrible person if I didn't take what I have and, and do my absolute best with it. Because I'm very blessed to get to be where I am. So it seems like you've had a great first year of business, but we know it's not all easy. Um, what is the biggest mistake you made in your business and how have you recovered from that? Okay, that's a that's a good question. Um, well, I think for me, when it comes to like big mistakes, it's it's hard to kind of pinpoint one. I um one of the things I did when I first started a business was went to a business course called Village Launch, and um, they really helped me um, the first few months trying to figure out what it means to be a business owner with an art background. I had no background in that at all. Very overwhelming. Um, to take on this challenge Um, and someone told us in that class if you're going to make you are going to make mistakes not if you're going to make mistakes you will make mistakes every day in business and it's okay to fail and you have permission to fail but fail small instead of failing large so taking small steps and understanding the risk and take taking those risks but in the element where you know that if you fail it's going to be okay Um, So that's kind of my advice to that question. I've got several things I can tell you that I've done wrong, but luckily I haven't made, haven't jumped so far into it that I haven't been able to pull myself back out or had the help to. So little steps, just little baby steps, one baby step at a time. Yes, that's super good advice. Thank you for that, Melissa. Um, So what are some of the most impactful lessons you've learned um, that can maybe help someone starting their own business? A lot of people tell me this, and this is a lot of advice that I've been given, so I will just kind of pass it on and try to take this advice for myself that I'm still learning. But like I talked about earlier, like taking care of yourself, if you can't, if you're not healthy and you can't take care of yourself, then you really can't take care of everyone else. And so um, to be able to schedule your life around having a little bit of a break and working from rest and not towards rest if that concept making if, if that concept makes sense if I'm always kind of like just desperate to get to a day where I finally have off I'm never going to be rested and fulfilled it'll always be catching up and that's not healthy and I can you can get caught up in that and I get caught up in that in in this business um, and to give yourself permission to take some time for yourself because uh, that's probably my biggest advice and it sounds kind of selfish but, and I, I try to kind of not have guilt. I struggle with the guilt of taking a moment off because I can literally count the dollars, the pennies that it costs me to not be working. And that's something I've never experienced in business before. And I think that's a, 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 a new thing for me, which is terrifying. Um, welcome to owning your own business. But um, it's okay to, to take care of yourself. That's super good. So we've heard you highlight topics such as joy and kindness. How has your faith played a role in building your career? Ah, I love that question. Um, Jesus. He's pretty awesome, isn't he? Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, if it wasn't for for Jesus or wasn't for God, good grief, I would not be here for sure. He has definitely um, been the blessing of 
pour over this space. Um, and that is a great reminder that um, there's a lot of things that I can try. There's a lot of tricks to business. There's so many business books that you can read and you can listen to me talk and give you all sorts of wisdom come full of knowledge. Um, but I'm reminded every single day that it is God's blessing. And so whenever you're kind of following in step with the Holy Spirit and you're able to kind of be in that relationship, I'm such a relationship person. If you're in that relationship, like you will be blessed and it won't look like what you think it'll look like. And to have that freedom to kind of go where he tells you and trust, um, you will be blessed in the ways that you're supposed to be blessed. And so I get to see that every day. I get to see that from the fact that I have an art background, no background in business, and I have a thriving business, um, and that is all thanks to to Jesus. So, yeah, I'm just saying. That's awesome, and it's really cool to see that um, not only are you ambitious in starting your business, but also the humility of incorporating faith into it. Because at times it's almost like um, a calling where, hey, listen, you feel like God's bringing you into this area of uncertainty and this area of risk, but you're um, trusting, right? And it's an element of trust when you incorporate faith into it. Yeah, and it's exciting. Like, it's not like, oh, I have trusted. I'm so, like, humble. Like, this whole, like, treachery to, like, n- you know, follow follow Holy Spirit and follow his steps. Uh, it's fun. It's crazy, and ex- it's terrifying, but... um. There's a lot of joy in that, and y- if you're not kind of presented it with, with joy and excitement, then it's not a fun journey to be on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so thank you so much, Melissa. I thought it was such an enjoyable conversation just to get to know you, to learn more about your business, and hear about everything you guys are doing. Yeah. And uh, I want to thank my colleagues, Lydia and Ashley. Um, they did a fantastic job with these questions and setting everything up. Um, you got to check out this podcast, sophisticatedprofessional.com. And again, if you guys are ever in the South Carolina area, in the upstate, near the beautiful mountains and the lakes, make sure you take the time to visit Indigo Custom Framing in Artisan Market in Anderson, right on Main Street. I want you to go in, walk into the establishment, see all the fantastic stuff they have, and make sure you say hi to Melissa because she finds a lot of joy in you. Come see me. I want to talk to you. That's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. So check us out at sophisticatedprofessional.com. This is Giovanni. Until next time, have a good one.